I am so glad that we could continue to gather and worship in this way. We're gonna continue in our worship through our giving. But before we do that, let me share a verse with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. I'd like to remind you of the many ways you could give today. The first being through our website, lowag.org backslash give. You can also give through our app by texting lowag to 77977. You can give through Cash App, Venmo, or by hitting the Give button at the top of your screen. Join me in prayer. Father, thank you that you provide for us, for our needs and our wants. Father, use us as a blessing to those who are less fortunate. Father, let us be an offering to the world from you. Father, we pray that you bless this offering, that you bless our time together, and that you bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, my name is Dina and I'm a senior at North Point Bible College and currently an administrative assistant here at the church. I just want to say thank you to Pastor Paul for this opportunity to share what God has put in my heart. I'm so thankful for my time here so far and excited for all that God has in store for the future. So a little background about me. I grew up in Everett and attended Calvary Christian Church in Linfield where I gave my life to Christ. Uh, some things about me are my favorite things in life are Starbucks, my mom's homemade mac and cheese, and Disney. Just saying right now that Toy Story is one of the best movies of all time. If you would like to debate me on this, feel free to talk to me later. For right now though, I wanna start with this story. The year was 2013 and I was in the eighth grade and in marching band. It was, and it was the first performance of the season. I was new, excited, a little dorky, completely nervous, but ready for the start of this new season. All this performance required of me was to stand still in one spot and play the Star Spangled Banner on my flute and then stand in the background while the mayor gave his speech. That's it. So I played the song and then towards the end of the mayor's speech, I started to notice it was getting super hot on stage and the big costume didn't help. I thought, oh, just a couple more minutes and I'll be fine. Well, as time went on, I started to get more lightheaded and a little wobbly and before I knew it, everything went black. Once I came to, I had realized I fainted on stage in the middle of the mayor's speech. Oh, and did I mention how many people were in the audience? Not 500, not 600, but 700 people were in the audience and had witnessed the most embarrassing moment of my life. Oh, and the best part? This event was being recorded and it is all on YouTube, but before you go look it up, thankfully they edited out the part where I fainted. So thank you to the random media person for, from my school for being so kind to edit this part out. So years later now, I can look back and laugh at this, but at the time, although I wasn't physically scarred, I definitely was emotionally scarred. Let me tell you a story of someone else who knows something about scars. Before I do that, let me pray. 
Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I step back and pray that you step forward. Have your way in this service and in our lives, God. And we'll be careful to give you and you alone all the honor and glory and praise that you and you alone deserve. In your name I pray. Amen. So our story begins one Friday early morning, 2,000 years ago. We find Jesus praying, not with a crowd swarming around him, nor is the sun shining and birds chirping, but instead it was dark and Jesus was all alone. And his prayer was not a simple rub-a-dub-dub, bless this grub kind of prayer, but it was a heart-wrenching prayer of desperation. He prayed a prayer so raw, so authentic, and so real that Luke 22 verse 24 says, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Nevertheless, Jesus knew he was about to fulfill his reason for coming to earth. He knew that God the Father had a greater plan of healing and redemption that was about to be fulfilled. So, after uttering perhaps the most sacrificial words in Scripture, not my will, but your will be done, Jesus left his place of prayer and then went back to where his disciples were. Suddenly, a mob appeared with swords and clubs ready to attack. And this mob was not led by an angry, hateful stranger that had no idea who Jesus was, but rather it was led by one of Jesus's closest friends, Judas, one of the men that was handpicked by Jesus to travel with him for the past three years, had betrayed him in exchange for just 30 pieces of silver. Judas walked up to Jesus, kissed his cheek, revealing his identity, and allowed him to be seized by the Roman soldiers. The men who arrested Jesus started mocking him and beating him. They put a blindfold on him to cover his eyes as they screamed blasphemous, slanderous, and horrible things to him. And then he went on numerous rigged trials. He was innocent, but found guilty. As a beaten, worn down, and barely recognizable Jesus carried his cross he would be hanging on in just moments, a crowd followed him and ridiculed him. Once he arrived at a place called the Skull, he was crucified. They nailed his arms and they nailed his feet to an old wooden cross. He was crucified along with two other criminals, one on the left and one on the right. For six long, brutal hours in the scorching sun, Jesus hung on the cross and he listened to people ridicule him, make fun of him, and rebuke him. In the midst of the noise, Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And in that moment, Jesus knew there was a greater purpose. He knew that God the Father had a plan of healing and redemption that only he could fulfill. Then Jesus breathed his last. Once Jesus died, the curtain veil was in two, a symbol that the people were no longer separated from God, but instead reconciled with him. And that brings me to my first point, Jesus sustained scars. Now, three days later, after all was silent, two women went to pay their respects to Jesus. And when they went to visit his tomb, he was not there. The tomb was empty. Now, I can only imagine the woman freaking out and wondering where Jesus was and the confusion they must have felt. But then an angel came and told them that he was risen. Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, 
let me read from John 20 what happens next. And this is the passage of scripture we're going to be focusing on for the next few moments. John 20 verse 19 says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Verse 20. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, I can only imagine what it was like to be one of the disciples standing there after days of dealing with fear and grief and anguish. There stood Jesus. There stood the man they saw die. And he was breathing and he was standing and he was talking like, what? I can only imagine the doubt and bewilderment they must have felt, but this is what gets them. This brings me to my second point. Jesus showed the disciples his scars. Jesus said, look at my scars, touch them, feel them. They are real. You see, Jesus sustained scars when he was betrayed by his friend. Jesus sustained scars when he was falsely accused and ridiculed. Jesus sustained scars when he was nailed to the cross. A pastor named Kendall Bridges said one time, so this makes me wonder if Jesus overcame death, why did he still have scars? After all, he could have had the power to just vanish them and make them go away. Why did he still have scars? He still had scars because the scars tell a story. The scars tell a story not of defeat, yet of victory. The scars are a testimony to the fact that God is real and that God overcame death. So as Jesus stood before his disciples and said, look at my scars, there was no denying that God had raised Jesus from the dead. Now, Jesus had scars and so do we. Every single person watching this has scars. Now, what you do with those scars is what gives God the glory or gives the scars the power. And we need to make the decision. Will our scars tell of how God is faithful, of how God has redeemed us, of how God loves us? Or will we let our scars be the only thing that define us? Every single person watching this has scars. And I'll be the first to admit that I have scars. My mom, was diagnosed with a very aggressive and invasive breast cancer when I was 13, when other girls spent their summer going to Disney World. Now, wait, pause. I'm 21 and I still have not been to Disney World, but one day I will go to Disney World and take a picture with Buzz Lightyear and Woody in front of the Cinderella castle and all will be great. Okay, back to my original point. When other girls spent their summer going on trips to Disney World or Canopy Lake Park with their moms, I was home crying and begging on my knees every day that my mom wouldn't die. Thankfully, she is in remission and is still here with us, but she battles extreme pain and illness every day. Now, she just had major surgery on her neck two weeks ago and absolutely needed the surgery, but it pains me to see my mom in remission and pain in this recovery process. And I'm not gonna lie, there's a couple of times in this past couple of weeks where I felt like that 13 year old girl again, scared of what's gonna happen, scar. That same year that my mom was diagnosed with cancer, my three-year-old cancer was, my three-year-old cousin was diagnosed with Burkitt's lymphoma in his brain. And three weeks after that, he passed away, scar. But 
I've made the decision that those scars won't glorify the pain I've suffered, but the God who delivered me from that pain, the scars I have will tell of God's glory and the story I get to tell of God's mercy. His mercy endureth forever. What will you do with your scars? Now to Jesus' disciples, who, yes, you may have guessed, they had scars too. Just to name a few, Peter denied Jesus three times. Matthew was a tax collector that cheated and robbed people. And Simon was a part of a murderous group called the Zealots. But Jesus' one purpose in life was to reconcile people back to him. And knowing that these disciples were once broken, knowing that these disciples had scars, Jesus still uttered the following words to them. John 20, verse 21 says, And Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Verse 22, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And that brings me to my third and final point. Jesus sent the disciples out knowing that they had scars. Again, Jesus knew that his disciples had scars, but he still sent them out to tell people about his story. The disciples were sent out to tell people about the redeeming and healing news of Jesus. And I believe Jesus wants the same of us today. Before we end, I want to talk specifically to those who have been Christians and already welcomed Jesus into their lives. I want to ask you, what are you doing about your scars now? You have been redeemed, made new, and made whole through Jesus Christ. Are you telling other people about that? If you are, great, continue to do so. But if not, I challenge you. No, I in fact dare you to tell other people about what God has done in your life. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, they triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. There is power in your testimony. There is power in your story. There is power in your life because of Jesus. And someone needs to hear that. Don't use the pandemic as an excuse. Use this as an opportunity to draw closer to God and be creative about ways to tell other people about him. Now, I know this is my younger side showing, but one of my friends, Ian Ross, decided that he was gonna start a TikTok channel telling people about Jesus. I talked to him a couple of days ago and the exact number of views was 345,386 views on his videos. That's over 300,000 people hearing the news of Jesus. And I know other people who have been sending letters to encourage others and tell them about Jesus, which is just as powerful and effective. No matter what, by what means you share, you choose to share your story. I beg of you, don't let your scars be a symbol of defeat, but of victory. Share your story. Jesus died for us, knowing that we are broken without him. And he, when he came to earth, Jesus knew that he was to fulfill a greater purpose. He knew that God the Father had a greater purpose of, plan, of healing and redemption that was fulfilled on the cross. Now, I can't leave this platform without telling you that God is real and that God died for you and rose again so that you can be in relationship with him and be with him in eternity forever. This news has dramatically and beautifully changed my life and can do the same for you.
Jesus sustained scars, showed his disciples his scars, and sent them out knowing that they still had scars. And Jesus loves you exactly as you are. And if you haven't accepted him into your life as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to give you the chance to invite him into your life now. All you need to do is ask him to forgive you of your sins and say you want him to be a part of your life. If you want to welcome Jesus in your life as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to be able to celebrate with you and walk with you without, throughout this journey. I ask that you contact contact us here at the church or email office at Lola G so we can pray with you too. Now, as we close, I pray that this week you would remember that your scars have a story. Don't let your scars be a symbol of defeat, but of victory. God can use your scars for his glory. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for this service today. You can listen to these messages again by searching Lowell Assembly of God on the Apple Podcast, Google Play, or Spotify app. We encourage you to follow us on all social media to stay up to date on our events and our reopening plans and to tune in to lowellag.org. Until next week, we'll see you then. Thanks for joining.